Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. It's not often that I have someone that I know super well on, and that's a friend, and launching a business. But I get all three of, of those today with my guest, Charlton Grunlin, on today. He's the co-founder of bar to table Charlton, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. I mean, we didn't think we didn't think that this would ever come to this uh, point. I right? know um, at all our, in terms of our history. So I, <laughs> this is amazing, and I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm so glad you're here. Um, you know, I, it's Charlton and I. Gosh, we've known each other for a, a number of years now. We actually both worked in our backgrounds in this like consulting and technology world. And uh, that was kind of like our regular conversations. And then uh, I guess over this last year, Charlton came and said, hey, listen, I'm launching a beverage brand. I was like, well, when are you coming on the podcast? So here we are. I can't even (laughs) wait to dive in. And you guys are going to love learning about their premium canned cocktails. Um, Such a cool category. It's blowing up right now. Um, But before we get there, Charlton, share a little bit about your background. Of course, I know it, but share with our audience so they have a sense for who you are and what you're doing before launching the company. Yeah, it's oddly diverse. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but suffice it to say, I started my career in the the hotel restaurant kind of institutional management space, right? I mean, everybody gets a waiting job and sort of does those things. Well, I turned it into a career for a bit and became a sous chef in a, in a restaurant in Philadelphia and worked with a partner, opened a restaurant. And <laughs> so that was always my passion. Food <laughs> food and booze was always my passion, right? But sometimes it didn't always that. pay the bills. <laughs> right. So I ended up, yeah, right? So I ended up... Um, uh, turning that 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 knowledge because there's a lot you learn in the restaurant industry that people really don't don't necessarily pick up on in terms of supply chain and perishability and how you buy and how you interact with people and everything and it really translated well into the consulting world so um, I ended up moving into a, a consulting um, and and doing various different projects uh, when I lived in the Northeast um, and then turned that into technology because you know prior to I've tried the strategic sourcing being a buzzword. <laughs> Somebody had to turn that into a uh, a solution, right? So, so cool. you know, when that started getting turned into solutions and and IT, and that's when I moved into that space and pretty much have spent the you know the the majority of my career there before totally. before saying you know there, there's an opportunity here. And this was four years ago when we started this project. My partner, wow. and, okay. Um, you know, here we here we are today. I love that. Yes, for those that are now piecing this together, you you guys have all heard my background, and yes, t- tech consulting, even some procurement, uh, which is kind of funny. I, I anyway, uh, that's a podcast for one day. All right, um, Charlton. So why <laughs> cocktails? Why beverage? Like, where did this idea even start? And wow, four years ago, and here, and we're going to talk about how much time it takes to get something off the ground. But uh, why in this space? Like, what was the what was the big idea? Yeah, a couple of things factoring into it. So, you know, your background and mine were the same. We spent a lot of time on planes, right? Yes, um, which I so love. You, you spend a lot of time on planes flying around. And, and when you're flying 100,000 miles a year, you're kind of like, you know, I'm on a plane. I just I don't really want a beer. I just kind of want a cocktail. And this was one of the first <laughs> thoughts of this, right? So, you know, I, I was like, I want I want a Bloody Mary. And, and you're sitting there and you say to the flight attendant, I'd like a Bloody Mary. And then the next thing you get is a can of oversalted tomato juice. A packet right. of pepper 
and a little thing of vodka. And you're like, yeah, this isn't really a Bloody Mary, right? There's got to be a better way for this. So fast forward a little bit too. I like to play golf. I like to play a lot yep. of golf. And, and, you know, I happen to be walking down one of the fairways, a fairway with my business partner. And, and we're just like, you know, why can't I get a Bloody Mary? It's a Sunday morning. Why is it so difficult? Why do I have to call the clubhouse, wait 30 minutes and all this? Why can't I just pull this out of the, uh, the shelter house? Right. And um, so Bar to Table was born really at that point. We kind of looked at each other and we said, there's no Bloody Marys on the shelves. This, this was four years ago. So outside of mixers, right, there was no Bloody Marys on the shelves, um, no ready to drink Bloody Marys. And this might have been a little visionary because even even the hard seltzer stuff really wasn't out then. Um, in any, in right. any no, hard, hard seltzer and, really just blew up the last two two years or so. Yeah, right, right. So um calling myself a visionary by any means but i think the idea at the time was a little visionary and we're like okay we're gonna go do this and then that's really what the impetus for moving forward and kind of saying okay we want this to be our spearhead product yep um we want to have a quality product because in this case bloody mary's i mean everybody's got a discernible palate when it comes to bloody that's for sure right everyone has their own like recipe and mix yeah so not the easiest space to crack into but it was kind of like okay well you know i think this can be done so um, henceforth, you know, here here we are, and we've just come to market, and uh, and 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 we're here after um, what I would say was a, not it was a challenging four years. Wow! You know, but... by the time you're done with attorneys, by the time you're done with R and D, and I've had some lucky things fall in my path. I've had some unlucky things falling in, falling in my path. But, you know, we're here, we're at market, and, um, you know, we're coming to market now. I love that. We're going to unpack a lot of what you just said there. Um, let's start back with, okay, you decide it's going to be Bloody Mary's. Did you have, like, your own favorite recipe? And you're like, man, if I could just can this? <laughs> or, like, or what did that look like at first? Yeah, super. It's really funny you say that. Because, yes, of course, you know, coming from the, the restaurant industry and having bartenders and all those things. So, I definitely had my own recipe, right? Had like 13, 14, 15 ingredients in it, right? And then, but you're kind of ignorant to, I mean, I wasn't in the food production space. Right. right? That wasn't your background. Commercial production. That's right. No, no, it was, it was, you know, 300 to 500 covers coming through on a Saturday night. So granted, (laughs) that was an assembly line and there was preparation done for it, but not in a way where you need to understand distribution where you need to understand um, perishability in terms of shelf space where commercial reproduction, right? I mean, how do you do all this? Who even produces this stuff, right? Uh, Tomato juice. Good Lord. I can't tell you, you know, the the amount of people said you're crazy for doing anything with tomato juice. Wow. (laughs) Interesting. Now, why is that? The acidity with it and the, well, it's, it's, it's very susceptible to bacteria. Got it. Right? I did and not know that. And it's not processed in a, in a correct way. I mean, I don't know if you ever heard the stories of just random tomato cans and tomato paste when we were growing up just exploding. Yes. Because it wasn't properly packed, packed. right? Because bacteria and then bacteria creates gas. And all. So there's all this stuff, the litany of stuff that goes along with it. So when I first started talking to people about making this, they kind of look at you like a leper, right? <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm not touching tomato juice. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> you know, I do, scared. I do beer. Right. You know, I do, you know, so. Um, so you had. So uh, learn a lot. Let's learn a lot. On you had a recipe, but how did you start to solve for, because I'm guessing the first thing was like, okay, I, I can make a Bloody Mary. It tastes great. I need to talk to somebody else that can commercialize it, that can put it in 
either bottles or cans and and make it so that I can sell it, right? So how did you find figure that out? Yeah, so this is where one of the lucky things fell into my space. I I think everybody needs a little luck along the way. And I was able, one of my friends who I play golf with, uh, his family has owned a flavoring company for, uh, you know, since the 70s. And they're really well known. They're here in Chicago. They do they do tons of business. And so I was able to sit with their food scientists and their R&D folks. And, and essentially, based on my flavor profile, what I was creating you know, they've been doing this for, you know, they've, they've been doing this for a while, over 50 years, right? So translating those flavors and those flavor profiles into a proprietary spice mix based on, you know, natural, all, all the all the criteria that I wanted, natural flavoring, sure. right? natural this, natural that. Um, I mean, we even came up with some, uh, some, some natural extracts around citrus and things like that, that, that factor into it, that then you can create in a spice mix that then allow allows you that allows you to put it into a process where you can kind of create a concentrate and then you can mix it with with the the, the neutral grain spirits and pasteurize it so that it you know you have a year shelf life on this thing right, right? I mean how many people oh wow open so it a is mix, a year you know, wow. mix yeah right no it's awesome I mean it's you know we went through the R and D process it's it's nitrogen sealed for freshness so that way it lasts for a long time on the on the shelf, but without any, um, uh, without any loss of of flavor and freshness. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, I I learned a ton in terms of food science, what you got to think about when you're going to shelf with the product now. Okay. So you start to explore, um, the packaging of product. You, you work out well a year long shelf life. Um, it's an alcoholic drink. So there are nuances that, which we've covered quite a bit on our podcast, which we'll talk about in a minute for distribution. Um, what did people think of it? Did you let people try it at first or how long did it take to get to a product that was like, you liked how it tasted? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good point. Um, so the initial R and D was done with the, the recipes, right? So right. I had a lot of people try the bloody Mary recipes. I brought it to events and things and people were like, this is great. This is great. Right. So, right. Okay. <laughs> so now, but everybody, you know, when you're serving something in a pint glass, over ice and it's got celery and all that kind of stuff in it. It looks like the Bloody Mary that you would expect, right? People are right. excited about it. But then all of a sudden, it's in you, a can. you kind of serve it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I got to imagine, you know, it's probably like the first person when Campbell's soup came out. Right. Soup, right? What do you mean soup out of a can? Right. <laughs> this That's is a good true. <laughs> right. Well, we, we, we saw how that changed, right? So I, I think that the second thing was really getting over the hump of people kind of saying, all right, if I shake this up, pour it over ice out of a can, is it really going to reflect that kind of flavor profile that I want? So, you know, you take you go through, you have to go through a process that's pretty in depth because it's not going to be the one can that's going to be that's going to reflect. It's right. going to be you know making a hundred or a thousand cans, pulling them off the line, pulling them off after pasteurization, and then and then tasting it and saying, sure. okay, this tastes the way that. I intended it to taste. Right. And um, you know, we got to that point and that's why I'm super excited about the product and why I've always wanted to, at least in, in our case, have that product be the spearhead because, you know, quality is everything these days. I mean, if you look no doubt. at no doubt. what's going on in the, in the, in the canned cocktail market right now and the trends, you know, it's premium ingredients right now. It's quality. It's, it's moving that direction. It's moving to, you know, the reason we're called bar to table 
it's really a play on farm to table. Right? I figured I was going to ask you that actually. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you, you, you want that experience. People want that experience now that they're in their homes a lot more because of, you know, environmental factors and things that were these days, you know, they're not going out as much. You want to replicate that at home, but you want to do it in a way that's that's kind of efficient for everybody. You know, you don't need 14 ingredients to do it. It's like, hey, I just want a Bloody Mary. Because it's not the type of thing that, you you know, it's not the type of thing you're poking a hole in the bottom and you're shotgunning Bloody Marys. You know, know, it's a morning thing. It's a lunch thing. It's a weekend thing. It's It's kind of an event tailgating thing. Right. And uh, but at the same time, I, I can't tell you how many people that I spoke to along the way. It's like, yeah, I brought I bought a mix and uh, we opened it once, made a couple. And then I wanted to come back to it six months later and it was bad. Right. Right. Or. No oh, know, yeah. And, the mix and, is, and I bought. Sure. Yeah, I bought pickles. I bought horseradish. Right. I bought Worcestershire. I bought all this stuff. And then I basically threw it all in the garbage because I made one Bloody Mary. And so this is, you know, it's intended to alleviate all that and get rid of that waste and make things convenient for people, but not sacrifice quality. Right. I love that. Um, Great packaging. Did you you have to figure that out too? Or was that easier because you could get an agency or what what did that look like? Uh, There's a lot of different directions you can go, but um, that was, that was primarily my creation. Um, Yeah, I like it. It's great actually. Stands out. You know, I want to have a product line that was intuitive. Right. It, it's in, you know, you can look at the can and, and see it and be like, that's a Bloody Mary. Right. Right. I mean, you, you know, you it know what it that. is. It's not, yeah. There's, yeah. You're not looking at the galaxy of, you know, something in space and going, what, what is, what is that? <laughs> so, okay. You mentioned four years later, talk about the path along the way. Like why four years, you know, what did you, what happened in four years? That kind of thing. Yeah, so R and D was the one thing that we talked about. Um, I think the other thing that you really have to have all your ducks in a row, so to speak. I mean, you got to have the, the company structure, right? right? I have a business partner, so we wanted to make sure the company structure was there so we could scale, right? If we wanted to take investment later, um, if we wanted to have multiple classes of assets that are associated with the operating agreement, etc., that takes thought. And then you got to find people who are able to help you create that properly, right? And that's usually an attorney or two. No doubt. Um, I think something that's super important is that when you have your ideas, you need you need to trademark them, right? Right. You need to trademark because our, our you know bar to tables trademarked all our um, all all our the names of our products, right? Mary can, Ginny can, Rita can. They're all trademarked. Um, all that has to, and the designs are, are trademarked as well, including the bar to table trademark. That doesn't, you know, that process in itself takes a while. It takes time. By the time. That's right. You know, it takes time. It takes money um, right. because you have to go through, you know, reputable, um, I would say, you know, or copyright oriented lawyers that understand trademarks, that understand the nuances of that, that understand how to apply for that with the government. And because it's got to go through a government process, right? Right. It's in, you know, it gets archived. And if you don't have those things, um, you can really leave yourself open to disappointment if something if something happens. I mean, I, I got one of my trademarks, or we got one of our trademarks uh, done, and it was probably no less than 24 to 48 hours that I, I literally got a letter from a multi multi billion dollar fortune 500 company kind of saying cease and desist 
Oh, well, you're kidding. You know, they dropped. Oh, no, no, I'm not. And I'm they, sure they that felt good. Here you are trying to like start your business and you get this letter. That's always got to feel good. It made me feel like I was on the right path. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's because, another way to think about it. <laughs> you know, because if somebody's like trying, if somebody's concerned about me doing this, it's like, okay, well, you know what? And, but by the way, I had, it was already trademarked at that point, right? And got approved. It. So, you know, they, they were, uh, they dropped the ball on what they were supposed to do, but so even big companies do it, I guess is my point. Um, so you need to, you really need to dot the I's and cross the T's when you're, when you're putting everything together in terms of a baseline structure, Got it. you know, the R and D is, is, it was a long piece of it because, you know, if you care about something enough and, and if, if in a lot of cases, think about it. Everything you eat or, or, or restaurants or drinks or, you know, you're not going to go back a second time if they're terrible. No, right. No, no, no. Um, and there's so many choices out there. So yep. you have to make sure it's right. Um, and then you have to make sure it could be reproduced. And, and that's a really that was a very difficult uh, piece of the puzzle, too, because there are these things called there are these companies called co-packers out right. there. And, uh, you know, they don't necessarily advertise. No, nope. so, it's and, hard and to they find all have their different. That's right. Yeah, it's hard to find them. They all have their um, they all have their kind of specific expertise, um, and and you got to be able to find the right one. And and most importantly, if you're lucky enough to do it, you find the right one who's willing to work with you as an entrepreneur. Because most of them, if you think about they what want their business volume. model, is, yeah, they want the volume and small, go, not right? small, they want volume. small and batches. <laughs> Yeah, right. And if they can do volume of the same thing 24 by 7, how easy does that make their life? Right. No doubt. Um, you mentioned so, uh, yeah. you, know, you mentioned three products. Uh, those who haven't been to bar, t- bar 2 table with the number two in the middle. Um, Bloody Mary, you've got the citrus tonic. And then coming soon is tangerine margarita. That sounds amazing. Um, so you yeah, have product. Really <laughs> how, how have you thought about going to market? We're all familiar with the three-tier distribution system. You have an alcoholic product here. Like, at what, How are you going to market? How are you getting the product out there? Yeah, so this is it, it's funny um, because you asked about the four years. That's four years of trying to get to market, right? To get a product <laughs> right. ready to walk in front of <laughs> right. somebody. And to say, I have something to sell, right? Right, And, and totally. that doesn't even include the marketing, the social media, right. the, the, you know, the, what they would call the point of sale swag and, right. and all the other things that go along with it, let alone the distribution, because every state's different. No doubt. Um, I'm sure you've, you know, We've I covered know that, that. you've yeah. covered this on a, <laughs> you know, so I will, I'll, I'll, you can, people can re, uh, re-listen to those ones. And so that, you know, it adds a complete layer of complexity. Um, so, uh, we're here in a, you know, I'm based in Chicago, um, and we're here now distributing, dis, distri- distributing with, uh, one of the largest distributors in, uh, Illinois. Um, they're in about they're the distributor itself is in about nine States. Um, and so we're working with them to expand, right? Because expansion is another thought too. It's right. How controlled do you want to be? You, you don't want to you don't want to try and be everywhere all the time because you just won't be able to produce to right. support that. And if you can't do that, when somebody goes to reorder, then now you're in trouble. Right. Right. So we want, we, we're trying to be controlled. Um, we're trying to scale uh, economically and, but scale with building a base of to wherever we scale first. So our first two States really are Illinois. Um, we're in about a hundred 
independent uh, distributors here in Illinois right now. Um, at the end of this month, we'll be uh, distributing in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes, cool. I know a state controlled, mm-hmm. um, state controlled, which is I'm from Pennsylvania. So I kind of made it, you know, I, I want my mom to have the product. <laughs> have your product. Nice. She wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get mom loaded. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but, uh, being from the, being from the state and having a lot of, um, a lot of friends and family in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, I was like, I have to, you know, I got, I got to get the product sure. out there. So we were able to get on the shelf and it's a state controlled very hard. Um, so that's the next state we're scaling. And then, uh, we've got some other things in the work right, works right now in terms of distribution. And then what are you seeing and how do you know when you're successful? Have you had a moment of, okay, this is actually working like those, those, outlets have brought you in which is a plus they obviously see potential with your product like has there been a point where it's like okay i think we got something here you know it's interesting so i've done a couple of in-store tastings right on weekends or on uh week weeknights um we did it before kind of the christmas holiday um around new year's and, and and a little bit before that and i think the true validation is when you're you're sitting in a, an independent store and you're set up there and trying to get people's attention. Hey, would you know, do you like Bloody Mary's come over here? And they look at you and they're like, Oh God, somebody's going to try and sell me a canned Bloody Mary. Right. And, but then <laughs> seeing their reaction after you pour it and you telling them, it's like, look, you're going to like this. Right. Right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you see their look and it's like, mm. we, we posted one of these on our Instagram. Exactly. It was like, it's like, you know, you, you drink it and then you see them kind of like swished around their lips and like this. And then they're like, oh, wow. Right. I wasn't expecting that. That's pretty good. And then, you know, the next is, you know, here you have, I see in your cart, you have another brand in there. Take this home with your other brand of whatever you're putting in there, right? It's a competitor um, or just a mix. And and when they do that and walk away and, and buy it right there on the spot, that's validation to me. Sure. Right. It's like, Hey, I'm onto something here. This is good. Now I just, how do I, how do I get this to touch as many lips as possible? Right. Right. Interesting. Wow. That's really, really so, cool. So yeah, no, I mean, it's fun when you see it right there for yourself. And, right. And it, it like, makes you feel like, you know, it's your creation. It's, exactly. Four that's, years of work. Right. And now people are enjoying it or they're buying it and whatnot. So as you look ahead, what are the keys to getting the message out and getting the product out in market? Like how hard do you think about that? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to go to market these days. Obviously, um, everybody's probably pretty familiar with social media, <laughs> this included, right? So um, it, that's really where we're going to be focusing this year is on our, our social media presence, our marketing presence, um, just marketing in general. Because sure. if you look at the if you look at the beverage industry, um, for the most part. I would say the majority of their their money is spent on on marketing. No doubt. Right? Whether no it's, doubt. whether it's TV, whether it's print, whether it's social media, whether it's influencers, whether it's uh, you know couponing and things like that or scans. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go to to go to market with a product, um, and those very ways will vary based upon kind of what your product is. 
Um, and then, you know, they have, and I don't know if you've ever covered any of these, but you have on-premise markets, you have off-premise no markets, doubt. no doubt. Um, such as golf courses, right. Yeah. Or hotels or, or, or boating. It'd be great um, you know, places like for your product, just, right? I mean, it's already mixed. You, nobody wants to bring the bottle of like vodka and the tomato juice bottle and the ingredient. Like here you just, it's just right there. It's done. Yeah. I, ironically, it was never created to be kind of this retail on the shelf thing for people, right? It was really meant to be created for these, these captive audience types of places where you just don't, you know, it doesn't make sense to do kind of all the things that you just mentioned, right? right. Who wants to go camping with, with a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> right. on a boat, right? Or an airplane. And bring all that. theater yeah. now that, you know, right? Totally. Um, the theaters have most of them bar, a lot of them have bars now. It's amazing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's a, you know, and that's an experience. Not that people are necessarily drinking Bloody Marys with their popcorn, but you know, hey, it could be a fad. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the citrus tonic, though, or maybe the margarita, tangerine margarita. Definitely. I can see those. I mean, definitely, it's all definitely the same theme in terms of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to bring to the marketplace, which is totally. that that experience, that that high quality experience. There's there's convenience. You know, there's and and for for companies that buy it, uh, or like especially on an on-premise, right? There's this idea of um, there's this idea of efficiency, right? right? So you get to pour more, you know, right. you waste less, um, which equates to profits for for um, you know on-premise. Um, and then also there's here here's a great story. So we you know when you were asking me earlier about test markets. So we were, we had just brought some of the, had some of the product produced and we were at our local July 4th parade, right? It happens to run through the neighborhood and um, we live in a pretty, pretty nice area. And, uh, so we brought it over to a friend of ours house who was having a parade because their house was on the, um, on the parade, parade route. route. Yep. On the parade route. Right. So, so we, we, we put a whole case of them in there and they were gone pretty quickly. One of the one of the wives or the mothers came to us afterwards and was like, "I love your product," and we're Ooh. like, "Well, great, we're we're happy about that." But she's like, "No, no, let me tell you why." So this is what happens every time at one of these. My husband goes and makes me a Bloody Mary. The first one's great, right? <laughs> nice, well balanced. I can taste everything. The second one comes back and it's like three quarters vodka, <laughs> right? I've got two, I've got really two funny. kids running around. I'm not guilty of that either, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so right. funny. I so could totally see like, that. It's like you, she has to, to remind him not to put so much vodka in probably on the second and third one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and exactly. here it's, it's just absolutely. give me a can of Mary can. Give me a Mary can. It's consistent. Yeah, the American. It's consistent every time, yeah. right? She knows what that. It's it's an alcohol level that's that's on par with IPAs, right? right? Seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Yep. Right. So so it's just for somebody who's who's consuming. It. And by the way, that's for all all the products, right? It's meant to be not you know this moderate type of alcohol, not like this high high alcohol thing. So that way you can enjoy a couple of them and uh, not feel as if, right. You got to call Uber and uh, 30 minutes right, later, right. right. I, I, you Makes know, sense. should call them and get a ride. Of course, it's wonderful. Drive, but, yeah. You know, but at least you can enjoy your time without all of a sudden just kind of jumping the shark because sure. you're, 
you didn't know what you're getting into. So that was, that was another validation, but it was kind of like, you know, we're on to something here. This is great. And it's in that kind of feedback's really, really awesome. It's very, very cool. Yeah. It's all, whenever, for those of you that have just, you know, made your own product, whether it be a card game or a, a you know, Bloody Mary mix, uh, can of Mary, Bloody Mary. It's so, so cool. And you get first when you see sales, uh, and then second, when people yeah, yeah. give you feedback, especially people that you don't know. Um, I always love to ask our guests, um, for pieces of advice, things you've learned, you've been in it for four plus years now. Um, you know, you think about our audience, a lot of entrepreneurs, Charlton, what, what would be one or two things you'd offer to them in terms of pieces of advice as they're launching or thinking of launching their own product? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I, I think anytime you want to do something entrepreneurial, cert- certainly like this, do your homework. I know it sounds a little cliche, but it's not it, it's not a cheap endeavor, right? So you got to feel comfortable writing checks out of your own pocket um, or raising money in terms of you know what you think is necessary, right? And then raise money, for, raise fifty percent more than what you think is necessary. <laughs> nice. So that way you're Good you're well capital where you're well capitalized, right? Um, I think you really need to understand your market and be passionate about something if you're going to do it. Um, I think one thing that's kept me going, because I go through, gone through highs and lows with this thing, like, why the heck am I doing it? Why, you know? Um, but if, if you're confident in yourself and your product, it will start to sell itself. And then, and then your passion as a product owner and talking to people who you want to buy your product will exude. And they'll see that, right? They'll see you're not just selling something that's not yours or anything else because you can talk about what you're doing the best, right? And your your ability to your ability to really bring that messaging out is going to be important. Sure. Um, and then also, you know, I, it, it, it's always I, I you know I hate to sound like this, but there's a lot of people out there who want to take advantage of you, um, especially I think in, in this market, right? Because um, I, I think any entrepreneur, you know. People see them as like wide-eyed and hey, yeah, ready to go. I'm going to tell you something happy, and you're ready to jump through, you know, jump through a window or a wall or climb a mountain to go get it. But there's a lot of people who prey on that, <laughs> right? And no you doubt. Do your homework and 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 talk to as many people as you possibly can about what you're trying to do, and you know, really, really talk to your network of people, and you know, see who you know. You'd be surprised who you know, um, or who who somebody knows that you know. Sure. It can really help you. Um, you know, we've gotten, we've, we've been lucky, uh, in the sense that, that we've, we've been able to interact with people who have been able to help contribute positively to, and wanting to, right. They, they want to invest in your success. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean invest dollars in your success. It's invest time and invest relationships and, 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 and those types of things. And, you know, treat everybody I mean, these are all kind of cliche, but I think, you know, you go through this stuff, treat everybody like you want to be treated, right? It's like, don't take advantage, you know, make sure people are, are rewarded for helping you uh, be appreciative and, 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 you know, be, be rewarding. Sure. And um, I think those things, that way you feel good going to bed. And um, even if it's a hard day, it's like, Hey, I haven't done anything to, to I haven't done anything wrong. Right. Anybody else, <laughs> no doubt. Right? No doubt. <laughs> Yeah, totally. You know, I can keep going. You know, people want to help you when they see that you're you're doing the right thing, or that you're sincere, and that you're um, and that you're confident, right, about no your product. Yeah, right. Totally get that. Um, great advice. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, check out the product, etc. Yeah, so we're at a couple things. You know, certainly first thing you go out to our website. Uh, it's bar to table b a r number two table t a b l e dot com. 
Um, we're also on Instagram. It's called the real bar to table. Um, somebody else had bar to table, but we're not yet. Uh, we're not. We're not, <laughs> not yet the in a fake position. bar to table. Tra- it's the real it bar to table. Trademarked. <laughs> we'll get there, right? Right. Baby steps. Um, so that's that's, that's another funny. area. We're on Facebook as well. Um, and right now, uh, for our our drinking population, unfortunately, we're only in Illinois. Soon to be in Pennsylvania, but um, we're going to be we're going to be scaling other states as well. It's awesome. And, you know, we're looking at some. You know, if, uh, we're looking at some other distribution um, mechanisms potentially across this the states. Uh, that, you know, where you can order online. There's a few of them, but we're we're still checking those out. Oh, that so, sounds great. And if anybody's interested, and and you know you want to distribute, or you are a distributor, <laughs> like things like that, you can you can certainly contact us through the website or through totally. Instagram. I love it, man. Well, hey, it's been so great having you on. For you, talk. Justin. I love it. You. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I me as the distributor. Um. I, I. It's been so great having you. So fun to to hear about the business and where you're taking it, and and it's really cool to see an idea come to life as usual. That's one of the things I love about this podcast. So thanks for coming on today. You got to come back on down the road as you continue to grow. You're gonna have a lot more markets in front of you, and um, we'd love to have you back on tell more stories the invitation and uh you know dude you have a great show and i'm happy to come on anytime and talk i appreciate it i definitely appreciate you having us on now the contender cast is sponsored by henderson shapiro peck and powered by contender brands you can download additional contender cast episodes directly via apple podcasts google podcasts amazon music spotify iHeartMedia, youtube and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>